You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 71st episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Facebook or Instagram. In this episode, I'm interviewing a friend and choice theory colleague from Australia, Ivan Honey. He's been a psychologist for over 40 years. He's a senior faculty member of the William Glasser International Organization. He's a two-time Amazon number one best-selling author. That's quite an accomplishment. He's an international trainer and founder of the Get Happier School Project. He adapted that from Choice Theory Psychology, and his comprehensive curriculum focuses on teaching the science of self-esteem and relationships, emotional intelligence, problem-solving, well-being, motivation, resilience, and high performance. It is taught to children, teachers, and parents alike. So Ivan, thanks so much for being here with me. I'm really looking forward to sharing this with our audience. So how and why did you get involved in creating this project? It goes back a long way, Kim, and thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm so delighted to be here with you today. But as you pointed out, given the work I've done over the years as a psychologist, a lot of work with schools, of course, but then later on working in private practice and just seeing the vast range of suffering, I guess, of cruelty. I've done a lot of work of victims of crime, of war, harassment, bullying, suicide, you name it. And I guess when you see the depth of human suffering, we do the best we can to alleviate it individually with our clients. But it also became very apparent to me that I needed to consider, is there some way I can do something to prepare people to manage the inevitable challenges that life is going to throw at us? And if that's the case, where do we start? We start with children. And how do we empower people to be more in control of their lives in the face of these unpredictable and horrible events which take place over which we have no control? And during the journey, I came across Dr. Glasser and his choice theory, which to me offered a very powerful science or a psychology, if you will, of human behavior. And in understanding that, we are able to focus more on the causes of unhappiness rather than just alleviating symptoms. And that is important, of course, and that's what I did with my clients. But a big part of it was also teaching them choice theory. What are the principles behind living a happy and well-managed sort of life? And so many clients said to me after that, that's the most valuable thing, that it was just not a matter of dealing with the pain and suffering they were feeling, but helping them develop a whole new mindset and understanding of the world and of themselves, which could take them through future events. And working in the city I live here in Bendigo in Australia, I'd come across clients maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the track, and they would say to me, Ivan, what you taught me was so powerful. It's helped me deal with this situation, for example, of a child who's drug-taking and intimidating members of my family, and some of those intractable sort of issues that we face and people face pretty generally. And so it became apparent to me that to be able to create something which could prevent and reduce the incidence of this sort of behaviours we're talking about Choice theory did have many of the answers because it goes beyond just strategies. It goes beyond the symptoms. It looks at the underlying causes. 
And when you understand that, it's a bit like understanding uh, how an engine works in a car. Once you understand that, you can create fast cars, slow cars, trucks, buses, tractors, um, aeroplanes, all sorts of things. But having that theory gives you enormous power to be able to create whatever you want to. And so it's not a project that tells people how they should live their lives. It gives them the framework, if you will, whereby they can adjust and create lives that are going to be more effective for them. So hence with the Get Happier project and focusing first of all on children and people like the Dalai Lama are very clear on this. They say, well, trying to get the message through to adults is not quite easy because, you know, we're sort of caught up in our own mindsets and ways and habits of behaviour. But children seem to understand this intuitively and that's pretty much what I discovered as I worked with children in schools and families. The children understood this easily and quickly and were able to do it because they didn't have all this stuff messing up their brains like we have as adults. So understanding this, the next question was, well, how do we get these ideas across? And we know from choice theory, it has to be a fun way. It has to be something that's visual. As we know, a picture's worth a thousand words. If it fits into some broader archetype or system which helps us understand ideas simply and easily that are already pretty much embedded in our consciousness, that also really helps. And so I started off by creating a set of cards, Kim, which I know that you have there. I do. Which is my... <laughs> my first attempt, I suppose, to actually introduce choice theory to the broader public. And that itself has been a bestseller for this company and continues to be so, because I think it actually is reminding us how important, uh, even when we're talking about feelings and understanding ourselves, having visual images to describe that is just so important and helpful for us. But after that, getting involved, as you said earlier, in writing some books, and particularly children's books, where we were able to explain in a fun way, just how this whole choice theory works. And I worked with my daughter in creating some of these. And then our next thing was a comic style, a cartoon style book, uh, which goes a bit further and a bit more deeper into understanding and teaching the ideas. And then we've had more sets of cards. We had parent books and so on. And as I taught it around, people are coming to my workshops Sometimes they'd bring their children along and the children got as much out of it as the parents. And the parents would say, Ivan, why don't you create something for children and for schools? And other parents would say, if I'd known this when I was young, it could have changed my life. Yeah. And so rising to the challenge, uh, we then created the Get Happier system, which is a, an adaptation of choice theory that can be understood by pretty much anyone. And I've taught this around the world to people from all walks of life, I still, still teach to my clients who come in regularly to see me. And again, this transformational psychology is something which can help us change our lives when we understand that the mindsets and belief systems we've been operating on have not been working for us. And we just take it on subconsciously, of course, Kim, don't we, from the world around us? Of course. I guess as we learn that something's not working, we look for better ways to do it. And so creating this program for children, as we said earlier, it's a sequential program. It's holistic. It starts as soon as the children begin school. And I do believe this is the birthright of children, that we have the responsibility as parents and teachers to prepare them for life. And if we don't do that, we leave that preparation to all sorts of forces in the community, which may not have their best interests at heart. They're more concerned with making money. If we believe it's our children's birthright to have the skills 
to become strong, resilient, empowered, positive and effective human beings, it's up to us to teach that to them. Not just little bits here and there, but a consistent program, a sequential program, which continues right through to the end of elementary school, where we see the students at that point implementing what they've learned to create programs and activities and games, whatever, for the younger children in the school and thus impacting on the whole school culture, which it does all the while, of course, because it does have a strong ethical base, I guess you would say, but it's also a base that's based on good positive psychology as well, too because it's saying if you want to be happy, to use behaviours that go against being happy, such as punishing, bribing, blaming, complaining, criticising and so on, these are behaviours which are not going to help your mental health or the mental health of others. Having an understanding of the basis of connecting, you know, which is about listening, accepting, appreciating, supporting, encouraging, and if there's a problem, we work it out, we negotiate Having that as a framework for the children as soon as they start school, helping them develop those mindsets which they take with them through life is absolutely critical. So I've been a bit all over the place with that answer, Kim, but that's pretty much where it's come from. Well, I totally followed your answer. It seemed pretty sequential to me, Ivan. (laughs) I'm wondering, is there something that differentiates your Get Happier project from other school programs that try to help kids with things like this? Look, certainly. And look, there is some crossover, Kim. Of course there is, because I think most psychological programs are based on some similar sorts of understandings about human behaviour. But I think the big difference with this one is that it has this underlying framework, the science, the psychology behind it, which I alluded to earlier, which is really saying, well, if you understand the underlying science behind what you do, you're then able to adapt it to whatever situation you're in. It also questions in some ways just the general definitions of the cultural definitions in the Western world, at least, of happiness, which is often in people's mind just aligned with pleasure. And of course, our advertisers do a very good job of this because they get us to pay vast amounts of money every year to get happy because all their products offer us this. The problem there, and Martin Seligman, who many people know of, is a psychologist, he will remind us of this, that If we just think that happiness is about pleasure, we're in a bit of strife, really, because as he says, pleasure is fleeting. He gives the example of an ice cream. You know, the first ice cream is delicious. But if you think that's the way to pleasure, you keep eating and eating. By the time you've had seven or eight ice creams, you're feeling quite ill. What he says is in the psychology, this is very clear. We habituate to pleasure. And as a result, it actually turns around and becomes a very painful experience for us. So to look beyond that and understand that happiness, and again, in the East, I've done a lot of teaching in Asia, is very interesting. They talk about the notions of balance as being a big part of happiness. You know, you have the yin and the yang. It's an understanding that even the, the more painful experiences of life can actually turn around and bring us to a happier place if we're open and aware of that. But I think for me, having the confidence and the knowledge of what you need to do to deal with the inevitable painful parts of life is so important in feeling happy. See happiness more as a state of well-being based on this idea, the confidence that we have the resources, we have the skills to effectively manage these challenges that are going to come our way. 
it does recognise the inherent uncertainty in our lives. And we've had this the past 12 months, haven't we, with coronavirus? Absolutely. A whole range of, <laughs> it's like it's brought at home in a very solid and direct way, I think, a very concrete way. It's saying, well, there are going to be these adverse situations we're going to come across in our lives. But if we have the confidence and the skills to approach them in an effective way, we're going to be a lot happier. We're going to feel a lot more stable. I guess I lean more towards that Eastern view of what happiness is, more that sense of balance and control of being able to be at peace with ourselves and the world, even at times when things are totally out of control around us. Of course, this is the heart of choice theory, isn't it? The knowledge we can only control ourselves. And when we find ourselves desperately trying to control things outside of ourselves, we're not so happy. That's right. Nor are the people around us. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I know that you mentioned parents have given you some really good feedback on your programs. What do the schools say? What do they see when you come in and implement a program? Yes, well, uh, I, I visit some of these schools. We have one fairly close by to us where we live. And I know the children are always delighted to see me. They love the fun and the games that are part of the program. And I think particularly, as I alluded to before, when they get to the end of their schooling and they spend a year working in small teams to create projects to improve the well-being and happiness within the school, I see these kids so inspired and excited. I see the community. They do things in the community and the school, all sorts of things. You know, they write books. They create digital programs. They run coaching sessions for children. They run drama sessions. They coach children in sports. They do amazing things. They do things within the community like helping underprivileged people. So often in schools I go to, they complain about students at this level. They're too big for their boots and they're hard to handle. But these kids are just so keen and inspired to implement these ideas, which is what it's all about, isn't it? And recently I was at the school and they actually did a presentation to the upper part of the school, just explaining what Choice Theory and the Get Happier Project was. What it does as well, Kim, is it actually impacts on the culture of a school. It creates a very caring, supportive sort of place where people work things out in a logical, thoughtful way rather than just at a gut level. And once children learn these skills of emotional intelligence, they're able to manage their lives so much better. I haven't talked much about the program. Maybe if I just give you just a couple of minutes here, Kim, on the areas it covers. Again, it's taking from choice theory, but the first part we talk about, we use, as I said, the metaphor of the journey of life. That's it's all about, and we're all on this journey from birth until death. And we use the metaphor of a car, in our case, the dragster, who's traveling all these journeys, all these different roads and having all sorts of adventures and learnings as a result of that. So the first part we look at is the idea of the connecting and disconnecting habits. These are the roads we travel on in our lives. Are they the open roads which lead to happiness and well-being or are they the dead-end roads which lead to misery and suffering? It's really the psychology of what you work in, Kim, the psychology of relationships, the psychology of self-esteem. It's one of these things we owe it to children to teach them that. This is the way the world works. If you want to get happier, this is, these are the roads that lead there. Then we look at the uh, windscreen of the car. This is the vehicle we're traveling in. This is how we see the world. And this is broadly the psychology of perception, how we see reality and recognizing there's so many lessons from this. We can spend hours talking about this one alone. But to me, the deepest area here with my clients in particular is recognizing when we come across situations outside of our control, there's often only one thing we can change is if there's nothing we can do, we've got to change the way we look at them, the way we are seeing reality. And to be able to shift that 
is a powerful thing. It's like the mother I saw recently who had a deformed child born to her and how this was so different from what she wanted. But then I saw the way that she and the rest of the family treated this little girl and how this little girl started to blossom as a result of that. But she had to get rid of that old picture, that way of seeing the world. And as a result, it's enriched the lives of everyone around. That's beautiful. It is. And, And then we look at the psychology of the brain. How does this whole thing work? Dr. Glasser and many psychologists and researchers have talked about the basic needs that drive us. And when we understand what those needs are, we're then able to choose behaviours that are going to meet our needs more effectively. And again, that's such a useful piece of knowledge, I think, when we're starting to talk through this. We look at the steering wheel of the car, which is really our direction in life. Where do we want to go? And how often have we really come back to look at that? It's a bit like if I'm driving a car and I'm lost and I say to someone, you know, where am I? And they say, oh, Ivan, you're here in Chicago visiting Kim. And they say, where do you want to go? And I say, well, actually, I haven't worked that out yet. And see, that's what it's like. We don't have a picture of what we really want. As you know, it's the heart of choice theory and uh, helping children identify this in terms of their immediate wants, but also in terms of their long-term wants, which is really comes to the psychology of motivation and inspiration. We all want to live an inspiring life, a meaningful life. But unless we have some clarity about what it is and where we're going, we're not going to get too far. The four wheels of the car, and again, I was recently visiting my son in another city and his neighbour was a bus driver and he just wanted to know about the project. So I went around the bus and we talked about all the parts. We talked about the engine, we talked about the windscreen, we talked about the steering wheel and the four wheels represent behaviours. Dr Glasser talked about it. The front wheels representing what we think and what our actions are. The back wheels are physiology and our feelings and understanding we only have control over the front wheels immediate control and by changing our thoughts and actions we can change what's happening inside our body and also to our physiology which is pretty amazing there's a whole new science around that kim as you would well know this psychology of emotional intelligence where do our feelings come from how do we change them how do we maximize our feelings not only to solve our problems but to improve our performance I know a lot of sports people I I meet, they just love this psychology because it enables them to see how they can use their minds to actually improve their performance. And there's a whole great psychology around that in sports psychology as well too. So the driver's seat is the next part. And that's the essential, that's the essence really of the whole approach of choice theory, isn't it? Are you in charge of your life? Are you allowing others to control you? Or as you mentioned earlier, or are you trying to control other people? As Dr. Glasser points out, If we do that, people will resist our control because, you know, they've got this need for freedom. That's the way their engines work. That psychology of internal control, to me, is the essence of any change we ever make. And for every client I see, until we reach that point of recognising, well, I can complain, I can focus on other people, but in the end, it's me. I'm the only person I can change. And that is such a powerful place to move from. And then, of course... We all have problems, Kim, as we know, and to have a framework, I suppose, for problem solving. And Dr. Glasser and the people within the Institute, Dr. Wobbledon, they talk about the reality therapy process, which are a series of simple but very focused questions we use to evaluate what we're doing and to come up with plans to improve on what we're doing. And so that's an important part of it. It was interesting, this man who was a bus driver I just chatted to about, he was amazed i explained it to him just like i have to you kim in a few minutes he said ivan this is so good why don't they teach this in schools (laughs) 
I had to say to him, well, I do have a program which is seeking to do this and we're always seeking to recruit more and more schools into doing it because I think the issue of mental health, it's become a huge issue within our culture. There's an epidemic of mental ill health. Yes. And governments are realising now just treating people one at a time is good and it's important. But how do we prevent this? And to me, one of the most obvious ways is through our children by teaching them these basic skills this knowledge so they can then manage their own well-being to a point where we reduce that incidence of mental ill health across the community. This is just, I believe, so important, isn't it? Not only for people individually, but for our cultures, for our world, for each particular country, because the burden of mental ill health, as governments are realising, is felt economically right across the board. And I've forgotten the percentage of GDP, which they say is impacted by mental ill health, but it is massive. Whatever angle we look at this from, Kim, it makes so much sense to teach this stuff, doesn't it? You know, whether we're looking in terms of our own personal well-being and happiness, whether it's in terms of the economic health of our culture, wherever we look, it's going to impact. Certainly, people are becoming so much more aware of it these days, and I think that's why there is such a focus on mental health in our community. It's true. And we have such an uphill climb because there's an alternative narrative to what we're talking about. And that's the narrative of the medical model of mental illness. You have something chemically wrong with your brain and you need this medication to make you normal for the rest of your life. And I think that there's more people in our world who buy into that narrative than they do the narrative that choice theory teaches and other psychologies, obviously, and the program that you're talking about. So I am absolutely thrilled to hear about the work you're doing in schools, because what that tells me is that generation of children will not likely grow up to buy into that medical model of mental illness. They'll already have taken care of their own mental health. And so they won't need to be consumers of psychopharmacology or that horrible victimizing place that people go to for help. Ah, yes. And and I couldn't agree more with that, Kim. And uh, I was recently visiting my doctor and he was looking through some of the more recent research and he was telling me that many of his patients come seeking medication And he said he's got to the point of telling them, look, you're going to do better if you go for a nice long walk regularly. That's going to get those parts of your brain that aren't functioning so well so much better. But uh, but of course, we want the quick fix. But as he points out to his patients, the research is very clear that this does as much, if not more for you than any medication can ever do. And you can do it to yourself. And so certainly medical research, I think, is backing us up with this. But against this, we have that intense sort of experience people have of human suffering and that desire for a quick fix rather than a thoughtful understanding of how you can do it to yourself. And again, it is that culture of victimisation, Kim, as you're saying, that, you know, we sort of feel we need someone outside ourselves to fix us rather than having the knowledge ourselves to do it. Yeah. Or we've bought into the idea that there's something wrong with us that needs to be fixed, right? Instead Mm, of, yeah, instead of my distress comes from the things that are happening in my life and maybe my approach to those things. I also wanted to mention for my American friends, I don't know if it's the truth in other countries, but my American listeners might have figured out what a windscreen is. But I just, <laughs> I just want to mention that for those of you who are maybe stuck on that word, what is a windscreen? It's the same as a windshield for us, which you probably have figured out. But I like to mention. That's right. 
Yes, and look, we do have a glossary in our books for our American readers. We, I know <laughs> we do have some schools in America embarking on the Get Happier journey, which is fantastic. And I know our local instructors over there support people and uh, help them understand that there are some slight differences between the British left-hand side of driving and the right-hand side of the road in America, as well as some of these uh, terms that we use. Yeah. One of our more recent productions is Doug Drags' Get Happier Toolbox, and you can reach into this and pull out the cards that you can use to manage your happiness and deal with painful experiences in your life. And for the engine, we have spanners. Now, of course, in America, they're called wrenches. Oh. But a, a wrench to, to adjust the engine to improve our performance there. That's another one that people will be discovering as well, too. Yeah. Nice. I'm sorry to say that our time is coming to an end. Do you have any last words you'd like to share with our audience? Certainly, if people want to find out more about this, they can find a lot on our website, which is www.gethappier.net. And on that website, you're going to find a number of videos you can watch. You get a picture of the whole program. There's a new area set up in the last couple of weeks called School Snapshots, where you can look at some of what schools are doing in different places around the world. In the US, we do have some coordinators Nancy Herrick and Scott Delterio, who work in this area as well, who have a great background in schools. And if you have any inquiries, you can go to the contact part of the website and send in an expression of interest. And we'd be delighted to talk to you about any aspect of this. Because again, you can see I am very passionate about this because I think this is the way we make a real difference in the world. That's why I love teachers and teaching. These are the people who make a real difference in the lives of children. And certainly if you know of a school or any area that you're involved with that might be interested in finding out more, certainly get in touch with us. Check out the website because it is a very comprehensive. It'll tell you all about the program, the different aspects that are there for children, for teachers, for parents, or anyone in general who's interested. So do visit our website. And if you're interested in any way, do get in touch with us and we'd be very happy to talk with you. Thank you, Ivan. So once again, that's gethappier.net. And I'll put that in the show notes for those of you who just want to click. We'll make it a clickable link. So Mm -hmm. Ivan, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of irons in the fire and you do a lot of good work around the, the world, really. And the fact that you took time out of your schedule to talk with me today and our listeners, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you, Kim. It's always delightful to catch up with you as well and the work that you do in the whole area of relationships and psychology because there's a big crossover there between what we do, isn't there? It's, oh, it's absolutely. Great. And a strong foundation that we stand on that Bill mm. Glasser created for both of us to do the work that we do. So a great debt we both owe to him. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you'll join me next week when I'll be interviewing Lois De Silva Napton about her use of choice theory as a special education director in New Hampshire. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast and remember to subscribe.